Hello, TTB community. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Each episode, we like to bring you insight from travel authors, adventurers, conservationists, digital nomads, tour guides, and some of our very own personal travel experiences. Joining me today is the incredibly diligent Robert Domena. Thank you, Elliot. You have definitely used that one before. I uh, Did I just fall into that? <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, today that wasn't planned either. <laughs> it, it kind of sounded planned, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't at all. No. Um, okay. Well, today we are speaking with Aget Ledoux. She is extremely well hiked in Norway, uh, living high up in near the Arctic Circle. Now, um, she actually became so well hiked in Norway that she decided to write a book on it. And what I love about her book are the pins, the maps. She she is someone that shares my passion for Google My Places and yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, so today we talked to her about Norway, about hiking in Norway, general routes going from Oslo to Bergen and Stavanger, some of the touristy hikes in the region, whether or not you should do the touristy hikes and head off the beaten trail, uh, among other things. So definitely hope you enjoy that one. Uh, the travel tip this week is when you're planning your accommodations for your next trip, consider finding a place. Now, assuming you're traveling to multiple locations, finding a place with a washer and dryer kind of right in the middle of the trip. This way you can pack half the clothes, wash them midway, and then wear them again. When you do that, it's good to, when you pack so little clothing, it's good to find a color scheme. And black and grays are sort of my go-to because they generally match with everything. And you kind of have black and gray in almost every type of clothing. So it works out really well. Look at you, you um, fashionista. There you go. Or, or my uh, travelista. Oh, wow. There you go. Making up words now. There you go. Um, so yeah, consider it. Consider it for your trip. It'll make it easier, especially if you're like someone going from city from city, you know, all around. Um, okay. Lastly, <laughs> check out some of the cool things we offer. How do you organize and plan your trip? So if you like to keep your trip organized like we do, you can use the travel journal and planner that we developed for our very own personal travel experiences. This will allow you to record things like the dates, the budget, the top destinations, the currency exchange rate, the time difference. It has a fillable calendar and it provides you the ability to write out your entire itinerary by the hour. In addition to that, it has a place to store reservation information, a packing list, a to-do list. And then at the very back, it offers you space to journal about your trip. You can find this travel journal planner on our products page, and once you download it, you have it forever, and you can reprint and refill it out for every trip you have moving forward. Now, if you do decide to purchase this, we encourage you to reach out to us with any tips to make it better. To help compile all of your info for the journal slash planner, we turned ourselves into cartoons to create a five-part video course that provides a step-by-step -step process to create the ultimate itinerary, including number one, navigation, number two, booking airfare, number three, blogs, research, and reviews, number four, itinerary building, and number five, safety, cultural norms, and thoughtful travel. The goal of this video tutorial is so that you can become your own personal travel agent and learn how to be planned efficient trips now and forever, all the while saving you money to splurge on a nice meal or first class seat for your next adventure. Yeah. And now, so if you still think that planning your trip is a little bit too much, or you just don't have time to sit down and actually do it, I can personally plan your trip for you using all the information that we just mentioned. If you're interested in this, please send me an email at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com or visit our service pages on our website, and we can meet over Zoom to discuss the details of your trip. You want to contribute to the podcast? 
If you work in the travel industry, you can join us for a travel roundtable discussion by submitting your information through the TAT form on our website. You can also send us a travel article via direct message or at thetravelersblueprint at gmail.com for the monthly Travel Bites episode. Support us by wearing us. Go to redbubble.com to find awesome gear and merchandise of the Traveler's Blueprint. Some of the cost comes directly to us to help support the podcast. We definitely recommend the hoodie and the hat and maybe a sticker or a travel mug. Whether you purchase a product from us or just want to learn about travel alongside us as we interview our guests, know that we greatly value your support as a listener of the show. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint. Start designing your next adventure. I get. Welcome to the Traveler's Blueprint Podcast. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you today. So uh, as we discussed a little bit before this recording, uh, I have a trip coming up to Norway and I put in a decent amount of effort coming up with my whole plan. Uh, and as I was doing the research for my trip, I came across your page, your social media, uh, your website, you have the Find Your Norway book. And uh, I liked the way you laid out a lot of the information. And so I figured I would reach out to you to see sort of uh, hear your perspective on Norway, since you're not a native, um, and why you'd love it and why the outdoors are so great there. And we can sort of go through maybe city by city or landmark by landmark, park by park, and sort of talk about what makes Norway great. Um, but before we get into that, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, where are you from? And and what is Find Your Norway? So I am, uh, yeah, I got uh, actually from France, from Normandy, and I moved to Norway seven years ago. Uh, first, I was supposed to stay only one year as an exchange student. I was living in Trondheim, but I fell in love with the nature and the way of life here in Norway, uh, really connected to the outdoor and have the nature really close by and being able to go skiing, hiking right after work and so on. And I, I loved so much this way of life and the really special landscapes there that I, you know, found a job and stayed. And now it's been seven years. Wow. Uh, now I have moved to the north of Norway, to Tromsø after having lived in Trondheim for five, six years. And uh, some years ago, uh, I started an Instagram account sharing tips about traveling in Norway. Uh, it started with just sharing pictures and uh, more and more I started to share maps, uh, hiking trail and more information instead of just pictures. And I it kind of I grew my account like this and uh, people started to ask me a lot of questions about planning trips in Norway and it gave me this idea of uh, making this book Find Your Norway which is not a regular travel book but more like a, almost like a recipe book to make your own trip with uh, to fit exactly your expectations and what you want to see and at the same time teaching you how to get the best out of the weather the best out of your trip try to avoid uh, the crowds and so on so it's to for you to build your own trip and and yeah get amazed by Norway yeah, that's awesome. It is. I planning my trip. I was sort of blown away by what I was seeing on Google Earth and these images uh -huh. of these summits over these fjords. It's yeah. just breathtaking. Um, and so, I, I and then and then to go back to your content, the maps I think are what did it for me. As soon as I saw your maps with the pinned locations <laughs> and you have the nice route, it just it really does lay it out well. And and. For me personally, when I plan a trip, so one of the things I'll do is, uh, let's say Oslo, for example, I want to go to Oslo. 
I'll compile a list of all the things that are highly recommended to do in Oslo. And then I put them onto a map and sort of figure out the best route and plan of attack once they're all laid out and you can actually get a bird's eye view on them. And um, I think some of the maps that I saw, you you essentially did that and it just clicked for me. Um, and so, yeah, and so it, 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 it's really awesome. Um, so you stayed in Norway, you've been there seven years. Is it, is it the outdoors? Is it the culture? Is it the people? What is really keeping you there more than anything else? It is, uh, I think both the nature and the way of life. It's kind of a combination, you know, people finish work early. You have a lot of free time for yourself. Uh, it's really a big focus on, uh, yeah, having a, like a personal life and not just walking, walking, walking. And this yes. combined with the super nice nature accessible and having time to enjoy it, it's uh, for me, it's uh, this is what I fell in love with. And no. uh, yeah, no. uh, and uh, the, the fact that it's a uh, really accessible uh, uh, nature and really dramatic landscapes that you don't need to hike 10 hours to get to, you can just drive and, and get to see crazy things. And is Norway, uh, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this, but the Alamansretten, is that the road yeah. to Rome? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Bob, I don't know if you recall this. Um, when we talked to Florence way back, you know, four years ago now, Norway is one of the few countries that has the ability that on any uncultivated land, every person has the ability to hike, walk, camp on that land. Yes. Exactly. That's right. That's right. And Norway is also one of those countries that leaves babies outside. Is that correct? <laughs> Not all the time. So, so, so there's, it's one of those Nordic countries where people will leave their babies in strollers, like outside of stores. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that, yeah. Does that happen in Norway? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 I was at the climbing hole yesterday and there was three um, babies outside in front of the door. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just leave their babies outside in the stroller yeah. when they go into stores. And yeah, I mean, what a testament to uh, like trustworthiness of the community and, oh, yeah. and safety. And it's really amazing. That's so, it's beautiful. I mean, that's kind of like the ideal community that you really want uh, to be mm -hmm. able to trust people like that, that you don't know. Um, yeah, you know I almost never close my door. Uh, I shouldn't say this because now people will go to my apartment. But... <laughs> it's all right. We don't I have really, really... <laughs> I never yeah. know. It. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so there, there is there is so much of a draw. The one thing that I do before we move on to the specific locations in Norway, the one thing I do want to ask you about are the winters. Mm -hmm. They're pretty pretty brutal, uh, and they can essentially force you inside. So while you do get to enjoy the the amazing outdoors for several months of the year. Um, how do you deal with these brutally cold, cold winters? So it's really interesting because uh, I often say that I have never been as cold as the winters when I lived in Paris. You know, <laughs> because here we know it's going to be cold and we are prepared for it. We have good clothing. We said in Norway, it's no bad weather, only bad clothing. Mm. And uh, this is really true. Um and uh, so, you know, the, the norther you go, the more extreme the winter is in a way because you get less and less sun and uh, often more and more snow and colder temperatures. And now I have moved actually from Trondheim to Tromsø. So now I got to experience a bit more extreme winter where you don't see the sun from November to early February, something like this. 
So you don't see the sun, but it doesn't mean it's completely dark because the sun comes really close to the horizon. So it kind of lights up the sky a bit. But yeah, it's uh, you don't get to see much uh, daylight and it's cold and it's a lot of snow. But I really like it because it's really special. It's uh, it's kind of extreme atmosphere. And, uh, and, you know, when I moved to the north, for me, it was really important to start working as a freelance to be flexible and be able to go out in the middle of the day when you have a little bit of light. Because I think sitting in the office and then basically it's just dark all the time. Mm-hmm. You don't yeah. get to see the, the yeah, at 12 in the in the daytime when it's a bit of light. And uh, but also, you know, the, the really dark time is December. And I think it's really cozy because it's Christmas time and you have a lot of lights. Yeah. Everyone set lights in front of their house. It's kind of a nice atmosphere. Sounds and- and the thing I didn't mention, of course, is the Northern Lights. It is, uh, it's, it's amazing. And uh, yeah, when it's uh, long, dark winters, it's, it makes a ma- magic show in the sky. Yeah, it's... it really does feel like it's a magical place. Mm-hmm. So my, my wife was in Denmark in January and very dark, very cold. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things, one of the concepts that she loved about it that the locals told her was this, I think it's pronounced Hugga. Higa, yeah. Higa, yes. Um, And it's basically comfort or console. It's basically like this idea of cozying up and having like tea or a reading next to a fire. Yeah, and having a cozy interior. So here, a lot of people have really cozy interior. It's really important to feel good at home. When yeah. it's uh, dark outside, you're going to spend a lot of time at home. So people have it really cozy in their house. And uh, yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, I I like that. I, I, I think I would struggle. I've lived somewhere that had seasons my entire life. Obviously, mm-hmm. Norway is the extreme of that. Um, yeah. But living somewhere like Florida or Southern California, where the seasons kind of just merge together, and mm-hmm. there's maybe some temperature variations, but there's no... Not much snow, not much uh, yeah. deciduous trees turning colors. Uh, I don't know. I think I would. I think time would go a lot faster and yeah. just kind of blend together. I look mm-hmm. forward to each season. Like as the end of summer comes and fall is here, I like it. Like I look mm-hmm. forward to each step, and I'm happy when the current one is kind of winding down. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, we, we will talk more about uh, uh, the landscape in Norway later, but Norway in winter and in summer, it's two different countries. It looks completely different. You do really different type of things. So you never get bored. I feel it's always, uh, yeah, it's so nice to see the season changing and every week is different. Every month is different. It's uh, it's super nice. And to have And to have the natural environment sort of emerge from the snow in the springtime and not being able to enjoy it for all year it probably gives you yeah. a greater sense of appreciation for it while it's there yeah exactly i feel you appreciate it or i appreciate the sun and the good weather and and the green nature much more when you don't have it uh, the rest of the year right and, right you know yeah. i remember one of the things that uh, i remember very well when i arrived to norway seven years ago it was in august and uh, in trondheim it was 20 degree or 18 degree 20 degree which is not so warm. It's like normal, you know. Yeah. But there, everyone was in swimsuit in the parks having barbecue and it was like big summer day. And it was 18 <laughs> degrees. And I was like, wow, so this is how it is. It's like yeah. 
people really enjoy the what you get uh it's, yeah it's nice and, and and it really and it it's reflected in their culture it's yeah. one of the happiest countries on the planet um and and a lot of that is because it's so community driven i think to i guess like a, a small tangent but one of the reasons that they are happier they believe is because the hardships that are brought onto the community through the harsh winters forces people to work together whereas you have mm -hmm. someone in florida who doesn't have to be as interactive anything. with their community right everything's just sort of there for them Mm -hmm. when you're cold when you have to hunker down when you have to rely on one another more it builds those relationships up and then gives you a better sense of fulfillment with the community with the the, the place you live and so mm -hmm. there's yeah. a there's a there's a lot of uh, connections there and so yeah trust yeah, there's... trust seems to be the big one that leads trust. to more happiness yeah yeah so so let's let's i guess lay out uh a rough itinerary uh of like how someone could navigate Norway in in a week or two um and this is an American podcast and that's all the vacation we that we get yes. over here <laughs> so it's yeah. fitting it's fitting into the American uh the American vacation yeah. or holiday system but um Oslo is obviously the major city and probably the biggest city as far as as far as yeah. tourism goes uh and the way when I was looking at the country I had we will be flying into Oslo and spending a few days there and doing a few things there, then driving north to, I'm probably going to mess this up, Jontunheimen National Park. Yeah, 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 that's what I said. No, sorry. So close. Jontunheimen. Jontunheimen, yes. So, and that's where the famous decision hike is, where you hike along and, and, you're probably going to correct me this whole podcast. Just to, get, just to let you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can hike that one. That seems to be like a very popular hike. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then and then I think we're going to end up going and visiting a country called Flam. Uh, yeah. And then Trolltunga, uh -huh. which translates in American to troll tongue because it sort of yeah. looks like a troll's tongue. And what I've learned recently is that... Uh, troll folklore is very popular in norway as well so there's that on top of it there's a um, whole movie i, I watched yeah. it did you <laughs> yeah uh and then oda seems to be very popular and then um stavanger so at this point you're now you went from the eastern side of norway in oslo and you made your way to the west of stavanger and uh bergen are two popular cities so mm -hmm. That seems like to be a pretty popular route for tourists. Is that correct? Yeah, it is pretty popular uh, to go from uh, Oslo to Bergen and through the places you mentioned. It's really, yeah, really popular road trip. Okay, and and for Oslo, what are what do you think are some of the big? And I know you're more focused on the outdoors, so let's just touch mm -hmm. on this very briefly. But for Oslo, do you have any recommendations for people? I, you know, I've, um, I'm helping a lot of people planning trips in Norway, but I am uh, not often helping with Oslo because I don't know uh, the city so much. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, you have a lot of museum, it's a lot of uh, nice ar new architecture building to see. But uh, for me, it's not the, I focus more on the nature and the stuff you do in the outdoors uh, in Norway. So... I, I saw your uh, program in Oslo, which looks uh, pretty good. Uh, I think in Oslo, it's easier to plan 
for yourself because you can easily find on um, on Google, let's say, ten mm-hmm. best museum in Oslo and so on. So I feel Oslo is uh, easier to plan your day there because it's like visiting any other city in the world in a way. Yes, it's not weather dependent and so on. So right, right. Yeah, no, it did seem pretty straightforward. It was a lot of the the standard European city experience, the old architecture, the pastel buildings. Or no, I'm sorry, that's Bergen. But uh, like cobblestone streets, small structures. Yeah, um, yeah, old palaces. Um, And so, well, then let's move on then to something that you are more uh, in tune with. So, uh, Jotunheimen. Did I Mm -hmm. say it right? Yep, National Park. I did not. Um, Mm -hmm. So this hike, this this possession hike, can you talk about mm-hmm. that? Yes, uh, it became really popular. So the thing is, in Norway, you have several hikes that for some reason became really popular, like this Besengen, uh, Trolltunga that you talked about later, uh, some also in Lofoten and so on. And uh, these places are really nice. Uh, I mean, there is a reason why they became famous. The landscape are spectacular. But uh, in June, July, it tends to be a lot of people there because, you mm-hmm. know, social media, they became really famous and so on. And I almost tend to recommend uh, if you go to these places to go either late in the day, late even in the night, because, you know, in the summer anyway, it's almost uh, daylight all day it's because you avoid the crowd and uh, you even get really nice light. Uh or going a bit outside of the season. So maybe August or September or some you can also do in May if the snow has melted. Yeah. Yeah, no, unfortunately, that that would have been ideal. June is a tough month to be traveling through Norway, from what I understand. It's it's really nice, June, if you uh, can adapt a little bit. So uh, it's really nice to hike a little bit late in the day because the the light is really amazing. It's like a, a... several hours sunset and you have uh, much less people so it's uh, really nice i really recommend this okay yeah that, no, that, thank you um and and do you spend uh from, from my understanding is the farther north you go the better the hiking seems to be uh, which is sort of off the beaten path is that correct uh do you mean in the north uh, yeah i mean if you start at the really south of uh, Norway, it's pretty flat. It's a little bit like coastal landscape. And uh, yeah, if you go more inland, you have bigger mountains, higher higher mountains. And uh, then in the really north, you also have really nice mountain areas. Yeah. But it's, yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bit mixed. You have a little bit of everything all around Norway. Because then if you continue to the really north of Norway, then it becomes flat again. So it's... Uh, it's a big mix of very different type of landscapes everywhere. So I think it's really hard for someone who don't know Norway to, to understand the country and where to go to see what is really complicated. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I made this book, you know, to try to give people the overview of, uh, of how it is and try to help people understand so they can plan uh, and get a better understanding of on where to go to see what they want to see. Yeah, there is there is such an incredible variety. And you have options on how you get around as well. It seems like you can rent a car. Yeah. Or take a, there's a train that runs across the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is uh, really nice with Norway. As I mentioned earlier, you can, even if you, let's say, can't hike or not in good physical condition, you can take a road trip and see so much spectacular sceneries. 
because Norway have uh, um, made through the country 18 scenic roads. So they have selected 18 itineraries uh, in every mm. places of the country and made it easily accessible, built really nice uh, viewpoints with nice architecture. So anyone, even in a wheelchair, can go and enjoy this really dramatic fjords view and uh, the mountains and so on. Yeah, that's... Um, I, th Go ahead, Elliot. I want to take a quick side tangent here because I think this is fascinating. The coastal highway. Mm -hmm. The Atlantic Road. Yes. And yeah. what they're trying to do uh, with the, they're trying to build a floating tunnel, Bob. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yes. So, Whoa. I, I mean, You've done tons of research on Norway, so you understand the, the landscape that there's fjords and inlets and mountains, and the most direct route to a city may be, like as the bird flies, maybe only 10 miles, but to get there is like a 25 or 30 mile trip. So they're trying to connect through, like tunnel through mountains, tunnel and build this tunnel that kind of floats under the surface. Mm -hmm of the ocean so like ocean liners and cruise ships can cross over it uh yeah. it is absolutely fascinating but it's 600 a total of 690 miles wow wow and the tunnel is going to be 16 and a half that's really interesting the one thing i did learn yeah when i was planning this out over the winter time when i was trying to figure out routes between certain destinations was I was getting something that would say like roads closed or yeah it would, it would go around but then the further I looked into it I realized that when I'm actually going to be there's a lot of additional roads open and it's then like, yeah, yeah and, and then on top of that they have ferry systems throughout the country mm -hmm. yeah and I, I, what you mean here is really interesting because it's a bit tricky if you plan your itinerary for the summer during the winter you will face this problem that Google will tell you you cannot go there but you can actually go by the time you will be there so yeah it's uh you have many websites that you can where you can check the the um, average when they usually open the roads so you can check these things uh it's kind of all these tools i give uh, in my book i explain all these things and uh, so it's really useful to check when you plan your trip because some roads open in may some in june some in july so it's not mm -hmm. like a rules and thumb it, it depends where in Norway it is how high it is how much snow it is so you should definitely do some research about this when you plan your itinerary yeah yeah did and, that, i did do that i did do that well i started to figure it out because i was like i was looking on google earth and i would put in <laughs> point a and point b and it was taking me all the way around and yeah. i could clearly see that there was a road <laughs> that would connect the two and uh -huh. i knew something was up and then i i don't remember exactly how i figured it out but researching yeah. it further i suddenly realized that it was because it was february when i was planning yeah. this and uh -huh. you know we were going to be going in june so that helped out and then as far as the ferries go is mm -hmm. is the way the system works do you just pull up to the ferry location and essentially wait your turn in line in your car and then you drive onto the ferry yeah. and it takes you to the next location and then you just drive off yeah so most ferries uh, or like this. It's a few exceptions though. For example, the ferry to Lofoten because it's a, a much longer ferry, right? It's a, it's not just like crossing a fjord, you know, you, you cross the sea. And uh, then this one you can book uh, in the summer. It's a lot of people. So it's really recommended to book because maybe you can't, uh, if you show up in a line, you will have to wait many hours. 
But mm -hmm. most other ferries, you just go, as you say, maybe some ferries goes every 20 minutes, some ferries goes every 40 minutes. Yeah, it, uh, it depends. Okay. And uh, most ferries are open all year round. Okay. Uh, some in the north are closing in the winter, just a few. Uh, but most ferries are just part of the road system, basically. Yeah, that's it's incredible. It's really amazing. Um, and so yeah. for for my trip, we'll leave Jotunheimen. And are you familiar with this Najardaharheimer? Uh, I have to see on your list. Uh, don't laugh. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I don't know how to pronounce it either, but it just sounds funny. Uh, Wait, is this the uh, um? Uh, it's like a Viking village. I don't even know if I can pronounce it myself. Uh, oh, okay, that makes you feel better. Time. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of these words are very. So, uh, this is uh, in Gudvangen. So it's actually, I think the, the the most known word to use here is the name of the fjord because this place you talk about is at the end of the UNESCO fjord. Uh, that's oh, a world UNESCO site. Naroy Fjorden. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is a really popular, really popular fjord. It's beautiful view. Um, it's really nice. Yeah, this drive by itself across Norway is going to be better than yeah. like ninety percent of the experiences I've had traveling. Just the drive. <laughs> it's 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 That's truly. Amazing. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Bergen. Bergen uh, is, it seems to be a pretty popular city and I guess a jumping off point for people, for tourists to explore mm -hmm. the natural environment on the west side of Norway. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I know you don't really touch too much up, touch up on cities too much. So we don't need to get into what to do in the city itself, but if someone is in Bergen, where are some of the places that you recommend people Go explore. So the nicest uh, places around Bergen is the Hardanger Fjord. Uh, the Hardanger Fjord. Um, so you know, I talked about earlier this eighteen uh, scenic roads through the country. So one yeah. of them yeah. is going through Hardanger, and it's uh, yeah. So it's a really nice fjord with a lot of uh, a lot of possibilities for hikes all around the fjord. A lot of uh, super nice waterfalls. Uh, you also have. At the end of Hardanger Field, you have Oda that you talked about, mm -hmm. uh, which is a popular place because uh, it's where you kind of like a base for going to this really famous Trolltunga. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yep. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's definitely a common path for tourists. But again, I know we, you touched up on it. It seems worth it. Is that correct? Like it seems worth it to do these uh, things because of how amazing I they are. I think, you know, um, the whole Hardanger is beautiful and you have hundreds of hikes, but I don't think you need to do the popular ones. Uh, it's so many other possibilities and people do the popular ones because it's the only things they know about. But it, it doesn't mean if you don't do these famous hikes, if you don't do them and you do others instead, you will not necessarily miss out. And I think people are a little bit scared of this. They don't dare to do things out of the yeah out of the path because they are scared they will miss out on these super popular places right but uh, i think uh especially if you go at the touristic season it's better to go on places a little bit less famous which where you will be all alone and really feel the wilderness and feel all alone in front of this fjord and mountains 
instead of being uh, at this popular tourist uh, picture spot and be on a line for one hour to get that picture, even though it's really beautiful landscape. Right. Yeah. Now I agree with you, um, but it is difficult. And I guess that's one of the yeah. reasons people should buy your book is because exactly. they won't be stuck planning the same trip that everybody else plans. Like exactly. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I understand, you know, uh, when I came to Norway the first time I was like you, I was on Google, uh, uh, earth looking at pictures dreaming about these places and i planned my first trip the exact same way and you know the more trips i planned the more i realized what brought me the most joy and what made me the most happy and what made me what made me be the most amazed about this landscape was yeah. all the moments where i was maybe in less known places but alone and, and feel this whole uh these dramatic places around you and is so spectacular and all this uh it, it affected me much more than going to see these known places in a way yeah because there is also something really special about finding your own gems driving around looking at the map uh yeah maybe finding tips in my book and getting to these places where you almost no one go there and you find it yourself and it's so special yeah yeah, I think that's something that we'll have to incorporate is, mm -hmm. is because we'll have the freedom of the car. Yeah, um, this is really good. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have the ability to sort of mm -hmm. go off the path if we want to. And if we, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I would be very disappointed if you didn't go off the path. Yeah. Really important that At least a little bit. Whole, yeah. uh, this whole concept is something that most people are not used to is the weather in Norway is really unpredictable. Uh, like looking at the weather forecast, it's uh, no point to look more than two, three days in advance because it changes so fast. And through the same day, you can have, you know, the four season weather. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and that's why it's really good to not be so fixed and, and, you know, don't plan the trip hours by hours, six months in advance, like knowing, okay, this day we're going to go here, drive here, do this, because you need to adapt a bit on the weather forecast. And what I recommend often is to, you know, you spoke about having maps with pins and, and it's what you like to do to collect places. And this is really good to have a map with a lot of options, a lot of things to see, much more than you have time for. And then you take it as it comes with the weather and see, okay, because the weather can be really local. So you see, okay, here is raining, then I just skip this part. It's bad weather anyway. I'm not going to enjoy it. But this fjord looks sunny. Let's go there instead. And this is how you should uh, plan your trip because, you know, when you Google this, uh, for example, okay, the 10 best hikes in Norway and you plan your trip with this uh, list, then on a really rainy day, maybe this specific hike is maybe not one of the test, uh, one of the 10 best hikes to do in Norway on this specific day, if you know what I mean. Yes. Maybe yeah. have one, uh, one hike two hours from where you are with sunny weather, and maybe it's better to go there. Yeah. Even if it's, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. No, that that's re incredible advice. Thank you for that. I, I, another thing, too, I think that people might not consider, and correct me if I'm wrong, people will plan for a trip in June, like I am, and expect relatively warm weather. But then at the summits of these hikes, it's still mm -hmm. very cold. Yeah. With yeah. possible snow. With possible snow, yeah, right? Exactly, uh, but you know, it's kind of no rules about this. It can be anything. Uh, it can be twenty. Uh, you know, last year in the north of Norway, it was thirty degree in June. 
But uh, some years it's five degree. It it changes so much. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, so you should be ready for any type of weather. But okay. as you say, it, it can be a big difference between the summit and the the sea level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um. All right. So there's Trultonga and then and then Stavanger uh, and Pulpit Rock. Pulpit Rock seems to be very very popular as well. Yeah. Massive overlook. So it's this giant flat rock with this beautiful overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It it seems to be amazing. And you know the one thing that I was doing as I was planning this out a lot of these overlooks look the same but then also dramatically different it's yeah. really interesting because it's yeah, the it's same it. relative like Level. view yeah, yeah there's yeah. the blue water with the uh-huh. sheer rock but then they're all slightly different and they're all just amazing um, yeah yeah uh-huh. no i agree but you know this hike you just spoke about now it's hike uh, stolen in Norwegian, that's pulpit rock, um, which like in, I think Americans, yeah. I guess, might call it pulpit rock or something. Is that? But yes, yeah. that it has a it has a real Norwegian name. And, and uh, <laughs> this hike is because what you should think about is not only how it looks, but for example, uh, the one we talk about now is quite easy hike. It's if I'm not wrong, I think around forty five minutes, so it's really easy accessible. But the one you talk about, Holtunga, is a really long hike. I think it's maybe 20 kilometers or something like this. Yeah, so you, I'm you about my partner. So you put it in your planning. And uh, for example, Prek is stolen. It can be nice to go, you know, like I said, go late in the day, enjoy the late evening uh, sunlight there. It can be amazing. And uh, it's it's quite short hike, so it can be an easy evening trip, for example. Yeah. And you can be there alone and uh, enjoy this place for yourself. Now, if you had one region or hike or thing to do outdoors in Norway, what would you be? What would you say? Sorry. Um, this it's a, a it's a hard question because it really yeah. depends on the people. But mm. I really love the north of Norway, and uh, you know, in the north you have the famous Lofoten Island. But my favorite part is Senja Island. It's between Lofoten and uh, Tromsø. And the nickname for Senja is uh, Norway in miniature. Because you can have all the features that Norway have in this island. And it's uh, it's becoming a little bit popular now, but not so much, not as much as Lofoten. So you can still, it's still really wide and, uh, and not so much explored. And uh, you have... You have also one of these 18 scenic routes going through Senja. So it's a lot of viewpoints. It's really, it's for everyone. If you cannot hike, you can take this drive and stop to all these viewpoints. And it's amazing. Or if you are um, a beginner hiker, you have a lot of easy hike. Or you have a little bit more extreme hike. You have everything. And uh, you have uh, super nice mountain, fjords, lakes. Uh, yeah, it's it's so nice. Yeah. And, and and then sort of tr- shifting gears. How do you feel about the food in Norway? Oh, uh. <laughs> you know, I'm French, so it's a sensitive. I know. Yeah, it's hard to beat French cuisine. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, you know, they import a lot of food from everywhere. So it's easy to find French food, actually. It's just really expensive. But, uh, I mean, it's uh, you find any type of food you want in the supermarket. So... To make food, it's okay, but um, is there a traditional dish 
that yeah they have yeah. several uh, actually yeah, last night i cooked uh, my favorite uh, norwegian dish it's called uh, fin beef and it's like a, it's a reindeer stew reindeer stew Ooh, okay uh it's really good and in in norway you have this brown cheese i don't know if you have heard of this brown cheese yeah it looks like it looks like a brick but it's a cheese and it's brown so okay. it's brown because the the sugar in the milk get caramelized the way they make it. Ooh. So even though it's called a cheese, uh, you should think of it more like a sweet uh, thing to have on your bread or something because it doesn't taste like cheese. And this uh, this cheese you have in the sauce for these reindeers too, and it's it's really good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at it now. It does. It looks really brunost. <laughs> Is that the Norwegian? Yeah. 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 Uh huh. That's yeah. that's awesome. You should, yeah. you should try Brunos when you go to Norway. You, oh, people have it also on uh, waffles and stuff like this. Yeah, and and they're it big on seafood, really right? I read somewhere that that Nor Nor Norway claims to have the best salmon in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I haven't tried all the salmon in the world. But <laughs> yeah, you can find the... <laughs> I would I would love to meet the person that has. Yeah. <laughs> no, you you find really good salmon. Yeah, uh, I bet the seafood in general. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. You know, I the island I spoke about, Senya, mm -hmm. uh, I lived there a little bit some months last year, and uh, you have a lot of fishing happening there. It's a lot of small fishing village, and, you know, you can just go and ask to get some fresh fish, some fresh shrimps. It's so good. It's uh, super nice. That sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, I can't wait to experience yeah. the culture and everything there. Um, according to this visitnorway.com website, catching a salmon is better than sex. Okay, wow. I, I never catch the salmon, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that is a bold statement. But I, I have I've gone uh salmon fishing in Alaska twice now, and so maybe the next time we go, Bob, mm -hmm. we can do a, a salmon fishing trip. I'll mail you a oh. salmon. From but get, actually, the if you bring anything back, please bring back some smoked salmon. Smoked yeah. salmon. Okay. Yeah. All right. I can probably so make that good. make that happen. <laughs> um, and then, and then I got I, I one thing I wanted I wanted to ask you before we start to wind down. Is there anything that you think people do when they go to Norway that you don't recommend? A place that people are seeing that you don't think is worth the time or anything Spend, like that? Yeah, uh, spending too much time in the cities because you know this is how you usually visit the country. You go to the big cities, explore the cities, and that's it. But uh, so people tend to plan trips like this in Norway, you know, okay, let's go to Oslo, Bergen, Stavanger, Trondheim, and back home. But mm -hmm. they have, then they miss the whole thing, like this whole, all this nature and these incredible landscapes. Because, uh, yeah, it is nice to see Bergen and Oslo and so on. And it's, uh, you can spend the day there. And, you know, if you have your plane from there, it can be worth it to spend a night and see the city. But don't use too much time on this during your trip. No, that, yeah, that, that sounds like a great tip. This and is not the country to sit at a cafe every day yeah. you're there. And yeah. a certain power thing I also is because I have, uh, you know, I plan trip for people, but what I also do is kind of uh, consulting. So people will tell me what they have planned and then I will give feedback on their travel plan to make it better for them. You know, I hear what they want to see, what they want to do, and I help. And and the most common mistake I often see is 
people don't spend enough time at one place and maybe they have, let's say, uh, six days in Norway and they're going to do three days in the south, take a plane to the Lofoten in the north and spend three days there. And it's better if you have limited time to focus your time in one area because uh, it's so much to see. The weather can be really challenging, so it's good to take time uh, and not try to travel and see all of Norway because it's just the fact you cannot see all of Norway. Uh, yeah. Even yeah. me, I've been traveling for seven years and I haven't seen all of Norway. <laughs> you know, yeah. so people have to accept that they will miss out. It's just yeah. how it is. And just focus on what you can see instead Do of focusing on what you can't see. You know, yes. No, that, wow, is, that, is, that, a, is, that is probably the best advice we've gotten on this podcast. That's great advice. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's great travel advice in general. Um, mm -hmm. That's awesome. Do you, when you help, when you're helping people plan their trips, are they primarily other Europeans, Americans, Canadians? Uh, often Europeans and American. Okay. A lot of Americans actually. Yeah. Okay. 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 Interesting. Well, and and thing, before we, well, ahead, one Ellie. thing that we didn't talk about at all, and I'm surprised we didn't. I know your trip is in June, but Norway is also known for the Northern Lights. Mm hmm And with it being at least recently. In April, there were one or two major solar storms yeah. that created like aurora borealis that we could see in Pennsylvania in the United yeah. States. How intense was it where you were? So the thing is, uh, I think it was mid-April, end of April, something like this. Yep. Uh, in northern Norway, at this time, it's too bright. So the, the, the night is almost not dark anymore. So you can't really see northern lights. Mm. Um, yeah, so, but, but okay. we got, the thing is, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with the, how the Northern light works, but it's, uh, it's created by, uh, the sun, but the, the, it's linked to the sun activity and the sun activity, the solar activity is following, uh, 11 years cycle, you know, going from maximum to minimum, uh, like, um, sinusoid, uh, if you know what I mean. So every every eleven years, approximately, it will reach a new maximum of solar activity, and then you get stronger northern lights. And yeah. it's predicted that the next maximum is next year or something like this. So now we are gradually gradually going towards more and more solar activity, which uh, means stronger northern lights. And so, if you want to see northern lights, I think next winter is really really good. It's gonna be super good. So like winter of twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good All right. Know. It's on my calendar. You know, you heard it here. Yeah. It's the <laughs> time to be in Norway, northern Norway. Uh, winter twenty twenty four is uh, gonna be nice. I think. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh huh. And and Egad, before we let you go and we move on to our rapid fire question round, can you share your social media, your websites, where people can buy your books? Share the title of your book again. And uh, pretty much anywhere people can reach out to you to help them plan their trip to Norway. Yeah. So uh, my book, you can buy on my website, which is findyournorway.com. Uh, I ship it uh, worldwide and it's free shipping. So wherever you live, uh, you can get the book delivered. And my social media is uh, agat underscore LDX, but maybe on the podcast information. Yes, we'll have it in the show notes. And Agat is spelled A-G-A-T-H-E. Yeah. 
Yes. And uh, yeah, so you can reach out to me on Instagram. You can send me an email through my website. And uh, I would be really happy to yeah hear from you and uh, help plan your trips. It's uh, what I love to do. Awesome. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Uh, are you ready for our rapid fire round? Yeah. So we have five questions. Okay. First one. What is the first word that comes to your mind when you hear the word travel? Outdoors. That makes sense. Yeah. What travel <laughs> book had the biggest influence on your life? Oh, I think my first book I bought about Norway, which was a lonely planet about Norway. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like it had a good impact on you. Um, <laughs> what is one practical thing travelers can do right now to enhance their next travel experience? Oh, uh, I would say try to enjoy what you get to do and see. And if you gonna, if you cannot do things or miss out on things, don't think about it and enjoy what you got to experience. Love it. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Similarly, what is one thing travelers should not do? Traveler shouldn't, I think, try to do too much and see too much. Yeah. And uh, yeah, a bit similar answer maybe. Yeah. No, no, well, I think, that's I think yeah, your advice no. from earlier about focusing uh -huh. on the things you can see and not the things you can't. Yeah. yeah. And then the last question, yeah. what is one piece of advice you would give to yourself 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would uh, give myself the book I made <laughs> and I would tell <laughs> myself, don't go and see all these touristic places. You are not going to miss out if you don't go there and you will have an even better experience going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to the outdoors for you. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, actually, good. I was thinking that your second question about which travel book have changed my life. It's, of course, actually the book I made because it really changed my life. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And we have That's the fair. website for people who want to purchase that. Yeah. Uh, again, <laughs> thank you so much uh, for coming on the podcast today. We really appreciate your time. Oh, you're welcome. It was really nice talking to you guys. Yeah. All right, man. See you later. I'm going to Norway. Uh, hold down the fort in the good old USA. I will. Yeah, I'll see you in a few, in a week, I guess, two weeks. See, yeah, yeah. And maybe I'll incorporate some of the trip into like a Bites episode is probably a good place for it. I don't know if we need to do an entire podcast on the trip. Uh, yeah, maybe not. It'd be pretty boring for someone to listen to your trip. <laughs> Isn't that why they tune into the podcast? To listen yeah, to the trips? No, I think, so. <laughs> I think that's why they, I think that's why they tune into this one and not the average, this is what I did on this trip. Well, the trips, some of the trips that we have are like, I was blind and climbed Mount Everest. Um, I walked yeah. through Mongolia. I was, I had to have a chicken and bring a chicken up the mountains of Myanmar. Really, so, really incredible so stories. huh? Unless, unless you fall off of pulpit rock and have to hike through like a squall and all of this other stuff for two or three days and Mike's trying to find you. I don't think people are going to want to listen to it. No, I'm kidding. I think it'll be interesting. We'll I have can a make few that things. happen. I can make that happen. Please don't. <laughs> Please All don't. Right. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we thank you. Uh, sincerely, we do. We thank you for listening to the show. Um, and if you want to share this with a friend or 
comment on our social media. We always say that it satisfies the algorithm gods. So thank you again for tuning in and to you next week. Thank you.